This reading is taken from Luke 7, 36 to 50. Jesus anointed by a sinful woman. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's home and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the, and, the, and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which one of them will love him more? Jesus replied, I suppose the one, no, Simon replied, my apologies, Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned towards the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You didn't give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So has anyone been on the weighing scales since Christmas binging? <laughs> Feeling good? Uh, or has anyone looked at the bank balance and thought, I spent too much money? Yes. <clears throat> Who needs presents anyway? <clears throat> so New Year comes upon us and it's time for that reality check, isn't it? But we also need that reality check of reminding us the truth of God's word, the, what God says. Sometimes what God says is so different to what we feel. And what God says in this passage is so different to what those around would think to be normal. Um, I wonder, did you visit people over Christmas? Did you host anybody over Christmas? And, And when you go to someone's house, there's certain things we do, aren't there? Um... We might give them eye contact. We welcome them in. Do you say, can I take your coat? Yeah. Hang up their coat. 
And uh, what do we do in British culture? What do we always do? Cup of tea. Would you like a cup of tea? And uh, I've got a friend, he doesn't drink tea or coffee, and it always throws me. Well, what do you want? I don't know. I'll have a glass of water. That's pathetic. (coughs) What do we do? We offer these things, and, uh, you know, we have carpet as well. Did you know that? I mean, I know you know that. (coughs) A lot of countries don't really do carpet, but we do. And so I was like, oh, whoa. Should I t- is it a shoes off, shoes on house? What's the deal here? Oh, no, we have hard floor. We have underfloor heating, actually. We have hard floors, so you can take you. Yeah, neither one. Whatever. There's et- etiquette. Hang on a second. Um, that we follow. And it's different for different cultures. And it's different in the UK um, to how it might be in other cultures today in the world. Uh, but certainly 2,000 years ago, there were some different cultures, uh, different ways of doing things in the Middle East, Uh, and obviously a lot of that would still continue in many places. If you were invited into someone's home, you hadn't been walking on pavements, you'd have been walking on dusty tracks, and so your feet would be perpetually dusty. And so it would be quite normal, as I understand it, to be given some water to wash your feet when you come into someone's home and there may be a towel so you can dry your feet might be normal in a Middle Eastern home back in the day where to to be offered olive oil just to kind of almost freshen up a little bit it would also be normal to be greeted with a kiss still in many countries and cultures uh, we kiss now we shake hands don't we or do you, are you a sort of handshake person and then you move in for the hug? Do you do that? Do you just sort of test the water? I'm still trying it with my dad. He's 87. He's not a Oh, no, no, no. We, I'm not going to hug. So I, str- I try everything. Handshake, handshake, handshake. Come on, dad. Let's do a hug. We never quite manage it. <coughs> but um, you would, it would be unthinkable not to be greeted with a, with a kiss when you arrived in, in a Middle Eastern home. And yet Jesus has, has kind of had this experience arriving at the house of Simon the Pharisee. He hasn't been given water for his feet. He hasn't been offered olive oil. And he hasn't uh, had uh, a kiss uh, from Simon. He's been invited in, but Simon has actually been, dare I say, even kind of a little bit rude to him. He hasn't honored him. Etiquette is about honouring people. It's about saying, you matter. When you come to the house, I want to honour you. And so I will offer you a cup of tea or whatever you uh, fancy, hot drink. But Jesus wasn't honoured in this home. Now it might sound weird that in the house there was this sinful woman who'd appeared. She probably wouldn't have been invited, but there she was anyway. Now, in our culture, we have very much this concept of a public life and a private life. We talk about what goes on behind closed doors. And what can go on behind closed doors can often be very different to what happens in public. Do you know people in your street 
or you know of them, but you really don't know anything about them. Are there people like that in your street? Are there people who, well, they leave early for work in the morning, they come home late at night, you never really see them, you don't know their name, you might wave to them, but that's about it. You don't know much about them. It's quite normal in our culture for that to be the case. But again, in Jesus' society, that just would, wouldn't have been thinkable. Everyone knew about everybody, really. Um, and so this woman was known to be a sinful woman. And yet, because there wasn't this divide between public and private, she'd have been able to come into the house. Um, obviously, in our society, you know, someone comes to the door and be like, who are you? You can't, are you Jehovah's Witnesses? Are you... Are you, are, you, are, you try, are, you, are you an MP? <laughs> you, want, you want my vote? Um, who are you? We don't really come to the door these days unannounced that, that often. Um, but there would be this sense, well, people could come in and out. So this woman's there. And she sees that Jesus hasn't been honoured. And she starts weeping. Do you ever feel grieved when Jesus isn't honoured? Is there something in your spirit that stirs and says, that's, that's not right, Jesus needs to be honoured? See, she'd have heard Jesus preach the good news. That a sinful woman like her was loved. That she had a place, that she had a welcome. And so she kind of didn't care about the social norms. She came into the house and wanted to honour Jesus. She brought a jar of perfume with her. Now, she probably hadn't come thinking, I'm going to wash his feet because she hadn't brought a towel, she hadn't brought water, but she brought a jar of perfume. Maybe she was going to anoint his head. And there are other stories. In all four Gospels, there are stories like this, but the other ones are about you know, Jesus' um, head being anointed and, and they're probably a different occasion. <clears throat> and none of the other stories describe the woman as a sinful woman. She sees he's not being honoured. And the tears start to flow. Now you might think it a little bit weird that she starts weeping on his feet. Now if I'm sat at a dinner table, my feet are tucked under the table, right? Christmas dinner, you're under the table. There might be a dog or whatever, but <laughs> unlikely that she's going to be able to get under the table. But no, what we would do is that they'd be reclining on a couch, leaning forward towards the table, and his feet would be the bit of him that was available, as it were. And so maybe she'd planned to anoint his head, but she had to go for plan B. And she starts weeping, and her tears wet his feet. Causing a scene. And then, oh my goodness, she lets down her hair and starts wiping her feet, his feet with her hair. Now, if you're familiar with this story, you might not think, oh, you might think, well, I've heard this before. Come on. She would have had like a, some, a, a, a robe or something. She could have used that, but she uses her hair to wipe his feet. Now, again, in that culture, 
for a woman to have her head uncovered, for a woman to unfasten her hair. It's very provocative. It's sexually provocative. And he's receiving this. What a mess. What a a disgrace, surely. And Simon has the thought that I bet most of us would have had. Does he not know what kind of woman she is? How outrageous this is. But Jesus does know. And he receives that devotion. Everywhere she'd have gone, she'd have had the look of shame upon her. Her life, her narrative, her whole story would have been one of disgrace. Maybe she was someone uh, who got paid to have sex with men. And, you know, and yet they would be not wanting to look her in the eye when she's out and about. She was known to be a sinful woman. You know, some people's sins are hidden. Can't see them. We've managed to keep them under wraps because we've got the private life. But her sins were, were on display for all to see. Everyone knew she's a sinful woman. <clears throat> and yet she comes and she does this outrageous act of devotion. And Jesus doesn't reject her. You know, so often it's that feeling of shame, isn't there? And do you feel it sometimes? Sometimes. You think, I must have done something wrong. If I see someone like Charlie, who's a police officer, in uniform, do you wear a uniform? Yeah. You do? You do a bit of both. I might feel, oh my goodness, what have I done? (laughs) Yeah. I feel, when I see someone in uniform, oh my... Should I be here? When I see my wife, sometimes I think, what have I done wrong? (laughs) I must have done something wrong. I repent. Let's just get that out of the way now. In all seriousness, we do often just feel a bit bad. I'm sorry. And that was this, definitely this woman's entire life. She felt bad. And yet she'd heard and encountered someone who says you're loved. And your story is not one of shame. It doesn't need any more to be a burdensome journey where you're carrying your sins with you. Because your sins are forgiven. Wow. I became a Christian at 20 and I really did feel like I had this burden lifted off me. And I went to a large church in London and then a couple of years later I started attending a local Baptist church. Didn't know anything about it. Fell into the Baptist church. And at the end of the service people would say, and now we're going to say the grace. And then the whole congregation would all turn to one another and go, smiling. And now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God. And I was sitting there thinking, Who, what's going on? And I just smiling. You know, I don't know these words. 
It's a traditional Baptist thing to do. We are, we say, oh, we're not a traditional church, but we have our traditions. <clears throat> and maybe we don't do it so much these days, but we do do it. Now, there's some words on the screen. Hopefully, we're going to see the words of the grace. Apologies if it's a bit small. But um, now, it's not something that we've made up. It's something that's from the Bible. It's from the end of Paul's letter to, to the Corinthians, second letter to the Corinthians. And I'm not going to say we all look at each other, right? But can we look at the screen and just say these words together? May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all forevermore. Amen. Thank you. We'll just leave that up for a moment. Now we're going to look at this over three weeks in January. And the reason we're looking at the story we're telling today is because we want to focus on the first of those three lines. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Next week we'll think about the love of God and then after that we'll think about the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. It's a blessing that we speak over one another. That Paul wrote towards the Corinthians and we speak it over another. It's a Trinitarian blessing. It's God the Father, it's God the Son, it's God the Holy Spirit. And in this reality check New Year time where we look at the weighing scales and say, yes, I do weigh that much. Or we look at the bank balance and we say, yes, that is all the money I've spent. It's also good to have the reality check and say, actually, I'm in the grace of God. I'm in the grace of Jesus Christ. And 2024 does not mean I've got to prove myself all over again. I've got to pull myself up by the bootstraps. I've just got to try a bit harder. No. Our story is that we're in the grace of God. We're in the grace of Jesus. And you might have been among family members and, you know, you've had that sense of, well, there's a sense of shame among your family or there's a sense of, I must have done something wrong to upset so-and-so in the family because they don't speak to me anymore. But as those who follow Jesus, we're in the grace of Jesus. Thanks, Tony. Turn it off now. Jesus tells a story to Simon, the Pharisee, because he knows what he's thinking. And it's a story about two people who owe money to a money lender. One owes a lot, one owes a bit less, but they, they both get let off the amount of money that they uh, owe. Who will love him more? And Simon says, the one who had the bigger debt. This woman had a massive debt. And yet he's forgiven her. And very simply, our debts are forgiven because of the grace of Jesus. His love for us covers our sins. And so we can come to his feet. And we can pour out our devotion. Not because we're desperate to make a scene or a spectacle, but because we know we've been forgiven. We know we're loved. 
We know we're in the grace of God. Maybe Simon the Pharisee eventually got it, but he hadn't got it yet. He was still in that place of self-righteous judging of others. And this woman knew she could come. He was the only place that she could come to to find grace. Again, this is what we're crying out for. This is what our world is crying out for, grace. And it's okay to be you. It's okay to come back to Jesus. He says to the woman, your sins are forgiven. He shouldn't have even spoken to a woman in public, breaking social codes. He says to her, your sins are forgiven. And then your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Literally go into peace. Our walk is not a walk of shame. Our nagging feelings of, I must have done something wrong. Will I be accepted? Am I good enough? Are lies of the enemy. The truth, the reality check of the gospel is to say, we're in the grace of God. We're in the grace of Jesus. And I believe the Holy Spirit wants to make that a reality for us. Not so we just hear the message and hear the words, but that we experience it. That we experience the grace of God. So come Holy Spirit. Where are you, Tom? I know you're busy, but you should be able to come and play a few chords for us. Just, just strum a chord or something. That would be great. Sorry, John. You'll be back. To make do with Richard. Sorry. Oh, Granny. Yeah, well, okay, fair enough. Can't see her. Oh, no, there she is. Tom, just play us some, just some gentle chords and we're just aware of the presence of God. Wherever we're at this morning, just want to invite us to come. Perhaps come to Jesus' feet. Imagine yourself in the place of that woman who'd lived a sinful life. And know that whatever judgmental or critical words may come your way, either through your own thoughts or through words of others, imagine what would so-and-so say. They can just bounce off you. 
because you're in the grace of Jesus. And his look towards you is a look of love and of grace and of favour and of forgiveness and peace. And even if you break social norms, if you don't tick all the boxes and do the right thing, etiquette-wise, know that you're loved and accepted and forgiven and that you belong at the feet of Jesus. So Jesus, we come just as we are. come to receive your peace come to receive what you say because that's what matters presence Holy Spirit we want to greet you we don't want to be rude to you to continue to minister to us. Bless you, Lord.